0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled, multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church.
1: You can sit down if you like. We have a special friend coming to join us uh, today. Cameron Wright is a pastor over uh, my life, and uh, he's a pastor of New Day in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And uh, there's a string of New Day churches all over the place. He's also uh, a leader in Harvest Alliance ministry, a network of churches all over. The world. You can come on up and get settled here if you like. Uh, We just, if you would welcome him to the stage with me. Uh, He has been a pastor for Tracy and I. Been a great blessing in our lives. It's been a year since he's been here. A little over a year since he's been here. I need the other microphone. It's over there. Anything happen this past year? In the past year, it's been slow. It's, it's been, been a slow year here. No, not, not much. Unfortunately, new. it's been a slow year. That's why he hasn't been back. I haven't had a lot to talk about. But uh, but we love him. Uh, we uh, receive him, and uh, he's going to go ahead and finish up our message series: uh, Summer School, uh, Reconstruction Addiction, Addiction, uh, Addiction. He's closing it up today. Well, yeah, we know no addictions here. Thank you, Jesus. I have enough bills to pay. Love you, man. Talk to you later. You <laughs> hey. How
2: are
1: you? Yeah, it's good to be here.
2: Yeah, so I, I, I was 19. I know that you. You can tell that was a long time ago. When I was 19, I was in the. I had more friends than I'd ever had in my entire life. I was going to university, and so I was surrounded by tens of thousands of people my age. And in, and in really every measurable way, life should have been really good. I, I'd ha- I had more money than I'd ever had. I had more freedom. But I was alone. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. In the midst of tens of thousands of people, I was totally alone. And I knew that in my heart. Uh, I was empty. I grew up in a nominal Christian home. We went to a, a Lutheran church, and I, they even sent me to a Lutheran school. And so I learned basic theology right when I learned addition, and, you know, and English. And, and, and so it was just in me, but by the time I got to university, I had forsaken all of that. And in my nominal Christian home, I, I had this expectation of, you know, what was a good family. I thought, I thought it was in a good family. But uh, in my early teen years, it exploded. Um, my father got sick and struggled with sickness for the rest of his life. My mother, I found out, I remember the day she sat me down at the dinner table And explained that my oldest brother wasn't my full brother, he was only a half brother. Okay? And that she had been married to someone else who wasn't the father of my oldest brother before she married my father. And so there's this family secret that she waited until I was old enough, you know, but everybody else knew it. And then a short time later, it was probably a year, year and a half later after that got revealed, and I was processing that. I was like, "Oh, our good Christian family is actually a complete facade." She leaves my father. Uh, you know, she had an affair, and uh, divorced my father, and um, and they did the crazy, stupid thing of she took me into one of the rooms in her house. And, uh, you know, I was as a kid, I was probably 12 or 13, um, maybe 14, I don't remember my na- a- exact age, and said, um, you know, I knew they were leaving, and she said, it's your choice if you, you want to come and live with me and your, and your younger sister. <clears throat> and I now know and realize later that she just expected I would go with her. Because my dad and I did not have a close relationship. He was a good father provider, um, but a hard worker, a workaholic. And um, I realized after that uh, moment later, as I pondered these things, I had never had a conversation with my father. He would tell me what to do, and I would do it. And if I didn't do it, you know, then it was trouble. <laughs> He never was like, how you doing? How was school? None. So in that room, when she said, you can come with me or "or stay here with your father, I'm like, well, I'm staying here. This is home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that time I was still going to the, the high school, uh, the school I'd gone to my whole life. I'm staying here. I'm not going. I could see the shock on her face. And then I had to figure out how to do life with my father, who I'd never even talked to. You know? But my, our whole family disintegrated. And then I eventually get through high school, go to college, and there I am, uh, without a family really, because it was so broken, so, so, so just, just falling apart. I had rejected my faith by that time. Uh, Even though, you know, as a child, I grew up uh, going to church, I wasn't a Christian at that moment. I was alone. And it was in between the uh, freshman and sophomore year of my university that I got a job. And at that uh, job, I was in a factory. Uh, A man came up to me. He was actually a Mexican, Jaime Rivera. And he preached the simple gospel that Jesus Christ is Lord And it's a long story, I think I've told it here before, but I got saved, it was a radical salvation. But it was more than that, I moved into their home. Yeah. I lived with this this Mexican family. And my first experience of church as a Christian was in a Spanish church. Everything was in Spanish to to this day. I I only know like five words in Spanish. (laughs) But the Holy Ghost was there, it was powerful, man. It was full on revival. That was my introduction. And it was great. And I thought that this is actually I thought God has given me a family for the family I lost. Yeah, it was great. Except about 2 years later his wife left him. What? You know and it was it was it was just a Hard thing, and they managed through it, and you know. Um, but you know what? My faith was solid. I knew God, and by that time, I had went back to university, and I was a, a, a plugged into to a, 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 a an American church, <laughs> a regular church. Actually, the church I now pastor. I was the fourth person in the door, so I joined that church. And the pastor was a great Bible teacher. <clears throat> And worship leader, and it was really powerful. And so, when, when that family disintegrated, I'm like, oh, I'm in this new family. Well, guess what? 10 years later, that pastor's wife left him. We're staying married right here. We're staying married. How many uh, have heard that church is a family? How many know anything about family? (laughs) (laughs) Family is messed up! And I learned pretty quick in my Christian experience that, yeah, church is a family, but family's got problems. And people fail. And I had to make a decision about my relationship with Jesus Christ and my future in the kingdom to choose to base it on the experience I had with the, you know, my childhood church, my, my biological family or even my spiritual father and that family. But that fell apart subjectively. I'm like, they didn't have any more than my parents had. And in my pastor, subjectively, there was a huge opportunity for me to go, this doesn't work, this is a bunch of baloney. But you know what? Objectively, the family of God is what remains. It's what remains when everything else falls apart. Because Jesus never left me. Jesus never forsake me. He doesn't forsake any of us. And so personally, my personal experience was forsakenness, but Jesus was the constant throughout all of the change. And Jesus said, the Bible says some radical things about Jesus and about the church. In Colossians 1.15, this is talking about how incredible Jesus is, who Jesus really is. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. It says, by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. Think about this. By Jesus created everything. Everything that's created. Things that you can see things that you can't see, invisible things, thrones and dominions. That that means the actual authority that's behind institutions and individuals and structures. Um, All things have been created through him, not only through him, but for Jesus. Everything in the entire universe was created for this. Jesus, you worship Jesus, don't you? Isn't Jesus great? He's amazing. Everything is created for him. He's before all things and in him all things hold together. Wow, this is so good. He's also head of the body of the church. Wait! What? Why did God put the church in the middle of all this good stuff? Are you hearing me? Right? In describing the person, the position The preeminence of Jesus Christ, right there. And this is everything else built up to this. The universe and all of creation was created for Jesus. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. And so that means that all that other stuff is really lesser than the church. Everything was created for Jesus, and we're with Jesus. Everything created for us as the church, if we're part of the church. He's head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn for the dead, so that uh, he himself will come to have the first place in everything. The church is intimately... Connected with the rule and the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read another short verse. Ephesians 1.22 and 23 says, He, God the Father, put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. He gave Jesus to the church to be head over all things, which is his body, the fullness of... Of Him who fills all and all. So the church is the body of Christ. Now there's a, there's a, there's a, it's not new, but it may be new to you, where there are people that want to worship Jesus, but they don't want to have anything to do with the church. And I understand that, okay, because I've had some really painful experiences in church. I told you a few. I've been uh, a pastor for 35 years. If you think you have problems with the church, I've been for 35 years full time in the church. Seriously, bring it on. Whatever you got, I got worse. But you can't erase this from scripture. Come on. And if you do, what do you have? Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the head. The church is his body. Now, what would a body without a head be? Decapitated, right? So a church, with I wanted to have cool images. I didn't have time to pull it all together. But, you know, just like a headless body walking around, blood, you know. And unfortunately, some churches don't have Jesus. They call themselves churches, but without Jesus. But listen, you don't want a head without a body either. You know, like being held by the hair and it's talking. I, 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 I. Which is more scary? You can't worship Jesus and cut off his body. You know, when a body talks about the church being the bride of Christ... Okay, so I'd like, to, I'd like to make this comparison. Maybe you'd be offended by this. <laughs> it's okay, I don't mind offending people. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so imagine, you know, running into an old friend, maybe an old high school buddy or a college buddy, someone you used to work with, you know, a long time ago, and you'd heard that he'd got married. It's like, wow, he finally got married. I wonder what his wife's like. And, uh, you know, you're at the mall or at the beach or something, and you meet his wife. And it's like, you're good friends, but you've never met the wife before. What would you, what, what would it be like if, if, you know, you met, hey, John, how you doing, man? Well, it's been like years. Yeah, I heard you got married. You got, and he goes, yeah, this is my wife here. And, and what would you do, what would what it would be like if, if you, had, oh, dude, like you married her? Are you joking? I mean, pfft. look at those warts on her faces. Okay, what would John, what would be the right thing for your friend John to do? Huh? Boom! Right, he better be beating you up, or he's not a good husband. Right? So if you meet someone's wife, you don't go, oh, man, she's, you know, She's too short. She's too tall. She's too fat. She's too skinny. You don't see point all the problems. You don't, I, you don't like her. You go, wow. She's great. How are you doing? So when people come and look at Jesus' bride, let me tell you, I'm saying this as the word of the Lord. And you look at Jesus' bride and you say, oh, she's got warts and she's got that wrong and Oh, my goodness, this is bad. That's wrong. How do you think Jesus hears that? Jesus is going to say, hey, I died for her. And I'm washing her, and she's going to be spotless. Right? And I'm, I'm in love with her. Jesus is in love with the church. And you go well. What what does you, do you mean by the church? What is the church? You know what? I think it's 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 bigger than any of us. It's not just the church that we like. It's not just the church that fits into our little box of what is right church. Because we're just little. We have too limited vision. It's the aggregate, the combination of all Christians throughout all time who actually have genuine faith, regardless of their their Uh, you know specifics of theology or practice there's there's a lot of room there but they believe that jesus christ is god the son died on the cross as for our forgiveness risen by the power of the father and the one who sends the holy spirit they put their faith in jesus as redeemer that's the church all right, and I love the church, and Jesus loves the church. And, and the church, unfortunately, there was a teaching that still lingers, and maybe you heard it, that the church was plan B. The church was never plan B, and there is no plan B. Okay, quickly, I'm just going to read this from Ephesians 3. Uh, Paul saying to me, the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. To make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So before creation, this mystery was already established. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. That's the mystery. It's not a mystery anymore. It was a mystery. So before creation, before Adam and Eve, before Abraham, before the nation of Israel, God had the intention that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known by the church to all the principalities and powers in heavenly places. He's, God says, I got this plan. And it's a ridiculous plan. It's to take people from every ethnicity, every language, every nation, every tongue, all these people that have so many differences, so much brokenness. And through the brokenness of Christ, they would find wholeness and healing and unity and become a, 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 a message to not only the world, but all of creation, including the devil and principalities and powers that through Jesus Christ, the power of the blood of Jesus Christ can take a broken, disparate group of people and make them holy and pure. That's the church, man. That's the church. And I'm sticking with it. All right? I've come hell and high water, been there, done that. What's next? What's next? okay (laughs) worldwide pandemic it's not going to stop the church soviet union established an atheistic country that was their primary thing they were gonna we are not gonna allow any religion you know how long it lasted 70 years during that time the church grew china atheistic government there are likely more Christians in China now than there are in the rest of the world combined. On, ah! The plans of God laughs at the plans of the enemy in the world. Anything created to destroy his church will not stand yes. because it was the purpose of God from before the creation of the world. Yes. And so yes. bring it on, we can handle it. it. Real quickly, Acts chapter 2 verse 42. <laughs> Uh, there's a snapshot. I take pictures wherever I go. I travel a lot. I'm grateful for that. And, you know, I can't take my whole family with me most of the time, but I can show them a picture. Like, this is what it's like in Boca Raton. <clears throat> take a picture of me sweating outside. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, they didn't have photography in the first century, so uh, what they did is wrote, wrote things down. <laughs> and so there's a, there's a real short uh, excerpt from uh, Acts that just describes, and this is, this is well recognized as uh, the model for New Testament church. This is what the church should look like. And it's described this way in Acts 2.42. It says, they continued steadfastly um, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking bed and prayers. I just want to talk through a few things in this verse. I actually actually do a, a two-day seminar on this. Uh, but I'm not going to do that because you all didn't sign up for that. <laughs> you didn't pay the tuition. <laughs> no, you, you you don't want to sit here. What I'm saying is you don't want to sit here for the next ten hours. Because I can talk about this passage for ten hours. But the first thing it says, they... <clears throat> If it says they, what does that imply? Well, no, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right? Because that means there were people that were the church, and then there were other people. Like the us and them? You know, it's like, us and them is bad. Well, no, actually, it's just a reality. You know, you guys are Floridians. I'm from Michigan. I'm like, obviously, what's the difference? You know, there's a difference. So they, in other words, what I'm saying is there was a distinct identity of the people who, got, who were the church. Right? It wasn't like uh, whoever. They. The church was, I mean, the church knew. And there's lots of different places in the New Testament. They gathered. They did this. They, who's they? They are the church. Yes. You know, and that word, the church, is a translation of a Greek word, ekklesia. Yes. All right? Ecclesia. Uh, the word church in English comes from the German translation when Luther was translating the Bible into the common language, which for him was German. Uh, translating from the original Greek, which had for hundreds of years before Luther uh, been hidden. They, they wouldn't allow anyone to study it, and there was a revival because uh, students had found the text of the New Testament in the original languages, and so they were studying that, and he came across this word ecclesia. he was like, how can I translate this, and he, and he used the word church in German, it's kirk, which refers to the building that the church gathers in, All right. So it's unfortunate our English word is based on the German word that means the building, But it was appropriate for Luther because when anybody said church, they didn't think of the building. They thought of the people. It was a gathering place of God's people. And so it made sense. But in the Greek, there's no connection to building whatsoever. It's just a gathering of people. All right? And so this word means a gathering of people that are called out to a public place for a specific purpose. Alright? That's the definition. It was a common word yeah. in the Greek language and so they would, uh, they would call the ecclesia in public settings and secular settings to, to take votes. Actually, uh, Roman and Greek culture had a form of democracy. That's where we got the idea. <clears throat> And so, they, or, or there was an official announcement by um, the government, they would call out the citizens, the ecclesia, to hear this official proclamation. They were, came out of their homes to gather together for a purpose. All right, so let me tell you, so let's just say, if that's what church means, then if you're just an individual Christian in your home, not connected to a gathering of people, that come together for a purpose, you, I question whether you're a Christian. Like, you can't be a Christian and not be connected to the church, the body of Christ. Okay, that's like saying, I, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, a, uh, I'm an NFL football player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, I've, uh, yeah, I've, been, I've, been, I've been in the game for, 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 for 15 years. And someone says, "Well, what team are you on? Well, I'm not really on a team, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, who's your coach well, I, I don't really need a coach because I, I know I know the game, and you go, You're just crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the n f l football and anybody looking at me would be like, You're not on the NFL football team <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're eating popcorn on the on the on the stadium seats, baby." <laughs> Right? So being part of Jesus' church means that you're called out for a purpose. And Jesus is the head. They continued steadfastly. You know what that? They didn't give up. That can be translated, they were courageous. You know, to be the church, you have to be courageous. Because there are enemies, there are obstacles, there are things that you're called to be pushed through. And, and quite frankly... There are fellow believers in other places in the world that are literally being tortured, imprisoned. I, had, I have a, a friend who spent almost two years in prison, in a Turkish prison, because he was a Christian. Lost, lost everything. They continued in the Apostles' Doctrine. Okay, real quick. When we read the Apostles' Doctrine, we think the writing of the New Testament so the stuff that was written by uh, people thousands of years ago that everyone respects. But when this was written, the apostles were still alive. All right? Now, I think our interpretation is accurate for our setting. It's speaking about the apostles' doctrine, the, the scripture. But we, you have to take into consideration the immediate context, the historical context, that that meant that there were leaders in the church that were recognized. People knew who the leader was and they continued courageously, steadfastly under the teaching of those who were appointed as the leaders in the church. This describes the church. And so if there's not clearly identified leadership that's giving direction, then is it a real church? Church isn't just Christians hanging out and having a good time. I love Christians hanging out and having a good time. Yeah. Right? That's part of it. But, but these are essential ingredients. But there was doctrine. There's doctrine. Doctrine's not a bad word, it's a good word. Amen. Thank God that we have doctrine that we can rely on. Yeah. That we can say, no, that, someone says something, you go, that doesn't ring true to Scripture. That doesn't ring true to the apostolic teaching, the leaders of the church that God has given us, which in a local church, I believe, refers to the pastor. Okay, Whether or not that's their fivefold calling, that's another whole teaching. It's the leaders of the church. It's the person who's preaching and setting the vision. Is it true? And if the doctrine isn't, isn't true, then you have, a, you have a standard, you have the Bible that you can go, no, that's, that's actually heresy, that's actually destructive. This is healthy, man. Yeah. This, is part, this is what Jesus died for. Jesus did die for you to be saved from eternal damnation so that your soul could be uh, with him eternally in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And that's going to happen. But you know what? There's something else between then and now. And that is us as the church, as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ, being the manifestation of Jesus in the world today. And and, and appropriate doctrine means that we're manifesting, we're revealing. We look like Jesus because we've been taught and we are following his teaching accurately and we're being courageous and we're not afraid To be the church in the midst of a community and a society uh, that is anti-church, anti-God, anti-truth. All right? Jesus died for this. And you know what? It continues steadfastly. There is nothing, nothing for 2,000 years, no weapon formed against God's people has prospered. And so the church will persevere. The question is, will you? Will you choose to, to, to stick in and endure the pain because it's worth it? Because of my love for Jesus? Because of Jesus' love for me? And because really we're family. You know? And just as I stuck through a breakdown of my natural family and I still have relationships with my siblings and my parents until they passed away. Even though it was messed up, I stick with my church. Because I know that Jesus is faithful and he will never let me down. Even though it feels like it. Yeah, Thank you, Jesus. The church is beautiful. The church is Jesus' bride. Treat her that way and you'll begin to see her that way. Pastor Carl.
1: Amen. Amen. Let me ask, can I ask you a few questions? Can I ask you a few questions as we are uh, transitioning here? You've been in the church for a long time. You've been a part of networks for a long time. Uh, uh, where do you see the church going? There's a lot of people who say deconstruction is happening and things will never be the same after 2020 uh, A.D., Things will never be the same. What would you say about that? The church is forever changed because of a pandemic.
2: I was saying, "Oh, that's really cute." <laughs> I'm seriously. It's like it's like a five year old, you know, because uh, they dropped their favorite toy and it broke. Like that's the end of life. Um, the, you got to have a, a kingdom perspective, right? And so, yeah this this past year and a half has been the most stressful, and it's like a pressure cooker. I've I've watched pastors literally blow out, and churches collapse. But ultimately, this is just a bump in the road. This is a speed bump. It's not even a detour. No. It's not even a detour. And the affliction that we're going through, whether you whether it's COVID or the political or the racial stuff, you know, that's just part of living in a broken world. Guys, guys, don't take your eyes off the big picture and the truth because of the static, because of the interference. So I just see this as all as like, yeah, the enemy turned up the interference.
1: Yeah. But I'm still listening to Jesus and you can't drown out. Does that Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you know, if the church survived the Ottoman Empire, <laughs> come on, a thousand years of oppression, the Dark Ages, uh, yeah, the plague. I, I, I feel like I feel like having to watch church on TV for a year. Well, I think I don't think is going to destroy the church. Listen, it, when we're complaining and we're, we get to heaven and sit and hear the stories of others, oh
2: man, we are going to be so embarrassed. Like you I mean there was you know you had to watch TV and then you spent four hours watching Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> but you thought the worship service was too long. Um,
1: I'm like, really? I think God's just going to slap you. Yeah, I mean, you still get to heaven. <laughs> That's when he wipes every tear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Mike Rentler here is on stage. Uh, one of our elders, uh, the elders of our church. Um, got together. Here, here, here's... Uh, come on over, Mike. Uh, here, here's We've got a little bit of an uncomfortable moment we're going to have. If you're a guest and you're visiting us today, you might... You could slip out and go have some coffee outside, we're going to have a little bit of a family... But you don't have to. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a family meeting here. Can I grab that from you? going to give this to Mike and... Uh, What's that? You want Cameron to stay here? Sorry, John. Okay. Cameron's saying. Yeah, Cameron's saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is... I've been in... Um, Ministry almost 40 years. Stand in the middle. Yes, sir. And um, this is probably one of the most difficult things that we have to bring people. But uh, I'm going to read you a letter that we all composed together yesterday. As as the elders. As the elders. And Cameron. I'd like to thank Cameron for uh, coming and sharing a word with us. Pastor Cameron came down to help us to get the mind of Christ and work through some leadership issues That we've been dealing with. We were hoping to deal with this privately, but this has been said. Things have been said, and people are getting hurt. So the leaders of this church, we must address this publicly. After many months of attending to minister to the Paganos, myself, Sue, along with Pastor Carl, Pastor Tracy, we sat with Cora and Corey and Sarah and tried to resolve some issues that we were observing in them. Unfortunately, We were unable to solve anything. Pastor Cameron even offered to come down and try to help the communication, but the Paganos refused. As leaders of the church, Pastor Carl, Pastor Tracy, Sue, and I thought it was best that they take a break from ministry so they can rest and recover. In response, they decided to leave the church. This really hurt because we have walked together for so long They have been such a large part of our community, but we respect their decision to leave. Since then, we have gotten calls about a different story going around, and we wanted to get you to the truth. Our hope is that they would stay, get refreshed, and return to ministry. We have tried to follow scriptures and the counsel of other elders in handling this. If you have any questions after this service, Pastor Cameron, Pastor Carl, Pastor Tracy, and Sue and I will be here to talk. We didn't know what was going on in anybody else's mind or heart, but we can tell you what the leaders of this church have decided and why we decided it. That's,
1: that's painful. Yeah, Don't want to say that publicly. Tried to keep this private for about six months, uh, but it had been bleeding all over the church. And as the leaders of the church, we have to keep people who are getting hurt, uh, and, uh, and we don't want that um if there has been if you have had some really weird marital conflict in the last several months sorry uh you have been affected by this thing um and it has just gotten so ugly that we had to put an end to it so uh cameron has agreed uh pastor cameron has agreed to stay we have been working with him uh through this and this is the last option we wanted um yeah. Yeah, we just- we tried every other avenue and so um if we're gonna if you would stand we're gonna pray for you uh, to bless you we'll have altar ministry at the end if you would like to talk to us you have any questions about any of this stuff uh we are going to be here to talk we will tell you whatever we want but we are not going to drag this on for months it's time for this to end is anybody hear what i'm saying at some point the lord (laughs) speaks and then it ends and uh uh and That's where we're at, so can you can you bless the people before we dismiss them? Yeah, Father, we, we thank you. Well,
2: each individual here, each person that's joining us online, Jesus, you died, you shed your blood for every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. And Father, I thank you for those here that are, are worshiping together with us, and I just speak blessing over their lives. A blessing over everyone that's been part of Revival Life Church. We, we speak blessing over everyone. Um, those who are here, those who are gone, regardless of why. We desire only your blessing and your good, and we speak good. And Father, we pray that we would go in the power and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ to be your witnesses in our community in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Can you give it up for Pastor Cameron? The word he brought. So encouraging. So encouraging. Go and know that the church is Jesus' idea. Go be the church. Invite someone to church. Love on somebody. Uh, if you want to talk to us, just hang out here and wait for, you know, kind of wait for us. We're going to visit the visitors and whatnot. And uh, and then, uh, you know, in 15, 20 minutes, we'd love to talk. But uh, can you just take it out? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if anybody wants prayer for healing in your body, you need deliverance, or maybe you have felt the effects of the spiritual warfare, we would love to lay hands on you and make it go away. Life and peace is better than life in warfare. Amen. God bless you. Hug somebody and go have a great week. Amen. that I am.